Amen. So I'm telling you, meeting this family, I had some other stuff planned out Thursday, and Jonathan, he, he waited till late yesterday on me to, to try to get this put together. But I was going to talk about Ephesians 4. Ephesians 4, talking about unity of the church, and not uniformity. You know, we're supposed to be heading for the gospel and working for the gospel, but not looking like each other, not acting like each other. You know, we don't have to come to church in a suit and tie unless you want to come to church in a suit and tie. You know, the unity of that is the unity with Christ in the gospel. It's not uniformity. You don't have to look like me, act like me, talk like me, whatever. Well, God changed that up a little bit because they hit my heart. They absolutely hit my heart. And I want to concentrate on this one verse. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. If you all get a chance, you can go to Brother Sean's Facebook page. And he did a little video of when they broke down. And I'm telling you, every since then, we would not have had a choir today. But God knows. He orchestrates things for his people because he knows. He knows. And I honestly believe Y'all were sent here to be a blessing to us. I really do. And y'all, I promise you, have been, y'all have blessed my heart so much this week. So much. So with that said, Psalms 118, verse 18. Think about that. Think about it. There's a guy in 1937. His name is George Gallup. Anybody know what George Gallup is famous for? They still use it today. He invented the Gallup poll. You know what the Gallup poll is? The Gallup poll is what they use to keep up with what people think about the president. They keep up with who's going to back the president, who's not going to back the president. Do you know they used this in 2001 and George W. Bush had the highest rating of a president ever recorded in history. And he had an over 90% approval rating. But at the end of his time in 2008, he had a 25% approval rating with a 70% disapproval rating. It's kind of funny how we live our life by approval ratings, right? We look at men and we want to say, maybe you think I'm doing a good job. Maybe you think, well, what do they think about me doing a good job? What are we looking for? We're looking for that pat on the back. If you're a president headed to re-election, and Benny's not in here because I was going to kind of jib him a little bit. He's our local councilman. I'm like, he may be running for president one day, but not two days. But as far as I know, nobody in here is running for president. So let me ask you, how's your life looking? Are you trying to look good for your family? What about your boss? You trying to do a great job so you can get that good job? What about parents? You trying to look good in front of your kids? Kids trying to look good in front of your parents. We do things day in and day out to gain approval from people that we don't know, to gain approval, and we spend money to get approval from people that don't even care. But we want to keep up. We want to make sure we look the part. We want to make sure that everybody sees me and what I'm doing. But is that the way we're supposed to be? How about customers, those of you that are business owners, that work in the, in, in the, the service industry? Are you trying to impress your coworkers? How about your church? You come in every Sunday, every Wednesday, trying to look your best, talk your best, act your best, just so somebody can, man, they sure do look like a church family, like a godly family. And then you go home and live like hell the rest of the week. Is that how we're living? Honestly, there's so many in this room right here. 
that we're trying to maintain such a high approval rating. But I want to tell you today, we are not made for that. That is not what we're made for. That's going to imprison your soul. That's going to wrap chains around your heart and keep you. So, you know, the fruits of the spirit, if you were wrapped up in yourself, you won't ever see them. You won't ever see them because your heart is turned inward. It's turned to yourself. Your heart is looking at me, me, mine, my, I. If you find yourself in that situation, y'all, it's time to check up. We all struggle it. We all struggle with it from some point. And the bad part is we're not even aware of it. Sin can make us so blind to our own blindness. Think about that. It can make us so blind that we don't see how blind we are. Because, and this is point number one, it brings me to, we put our confidence in man. Our confidence in man. That first part of the verse, it is better to trust in the Lord. Better to trust in the Lord. How many of us are doing that day? Confidence. I want you to see the word confidence means the feeling or belief that one can rely on someone or something. How about a firm trust? Are you trusting in the Lord today? Or are you trusting in your neighbor that's sitting next to you? Are you trusting in the Lord today? Or are you trusting in the government to take care of you? Are you trusting in the Lord today to give you what you want instead of what he needs think about that because a lot of us say you know what lord use me wherever you want me to be as long as it fits in my plan as long as it fits in my schedule as long as it doesn't take me out of my comfort zone lord you can have whatever you want y'all know that's not how he works that is not how he works that's how he takes a homeless guy and puts him on a platform to make me nervous every time i get up here (laughs) i'm just saying um it has taken a long time for me to get used to being around people but you know with God, all things are possible. And if you don't believe that, you look at me today, because I am living proof of that. My wife is living proof of that. What does it mean to put confidence in man? What does it mean? That means to worship man. You're worshiping man when you put your confidence in him more than you are putting your confidence in the Lord. Now that gets heavy. It gets heavy. I want you to think about it, though. Think about where are your thoughts? Where are your actions today? Are you thinking about, hey, I'm driving this nice car because I want people to turn their heads when I'm going down the highway, guys? Or, ladies, what about that extra tight clothing that you're putting on when you go out so somebody can... Ah, yeah, exactly. That's why it's quiet. That's what I'm saying. Think about it. Think about what we're doing. How are you talking when you're out? Oh, let me tell you about Christ, and then you're cussing in the second breath. Well, nobody wants that. How are we living? Your thoughts, your actions will tell you if you if you take a really good account for what you're doing. And I say you, I mean me, because I'm part of this too. We're all human. But if you're not lusting after pleasure of the flesh, lusting after worldly comforts, then looking to man to satisfy those cravings, that's wrong. If we're looking at someone else to satisfy those cravings, that's an addict mindset. An addict wants to get something that's going to make him feel good all the time. Approval from people make you feel good all the time. That's the same mindset. It's an addiction. It's pride. It comes to pride. Pride is where it starts. Pride is your heart turned inward to itself. It's a heart that's focused on yourself. Then you start looking to people to supply those things you need. Hello, addict. 
Then if you get what you're craving, man, you're fine. Everything's good. Pat me on the back some more. Stroke my ego a little bit more. But when you stop getting that, what happens? You go into a despair. A despair. Take a look on a homeless man that's on the side of the street holding up a sign. That's despair. Well, that's just not going to be, Brother Tim. I'm not going to do that. No. How about when people don't give you what you think you need or treat you the way you think you should be treated? How do you react to that? How do you react to it? You go into a despair. Oh, my gosh. I can't believe they didn't tell me I look good today. Oh, my goodness. They didn't even notice my hair. Oh, my goodness. I got a new car. They didn't even tell me. What are we looking for, y'all? What are we looking for? Leads to despair. Every bit of it. So let me tell you, there's a lot of people that I talk to. Talk to a lot of people in the tents, on the streets, under bridges, people that come into my office, and I always tell them, you have to stop what doing what you've always done to stop getting what you've always got. Amen? Now, that's not proper English. I get it. But it works. Albert Einstein. Everybody know who Albert Einstein is? Okay, three of you. All right. Albert Einstein, one of the greatest scientists, I guess, that's ever been. He says the definition of insanity is just that. It's doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. See, you have heard it. You have heard it. So what are we supposed to do? What are we supposed to do? That brings me to number two. Number two was we are supposed to put our confidence in the Lord. Our confidence in the Lord. We shouldn't put our confidence in man. It goes to the Lord. What does that look like? That looked like this family up here raising their hands and praising the Lord. That looks like y'all out here encouraging the fire out of them, right? Iron sharpening iron. We are here to edify each other, to build each other up, to make sure that we edify. We are to build. We are not to backtalk. Backtalk? Talk behind people's back is what I mean. Backbiting, that's the word I was looking for. We're not to do that. But how many of us get caught up in doing that when we get caught up with two, three people and then you start talking about somebody? Then you're gossiping. You know what the Bible says about gossiping, right? We shouldn't do it. So it's remembering in your thoughts. How do we worship the Lord? In your thoughts, in your actions, in your speech. Ephesians 4, which is what kind of we were going to hit on, will tell you in the last part of that chapter, Read it. It'll tell you your speech should be pure. It shouldn't be telling dirty jokes. It shouldn't be saying dirty words. It shouldn't be touching the cusp of, well, it's kind of risque. No, ma'am, leave it alone. If you second guess it and you're thinking in your mind, well, should I? Then no, you shouldn't. No, you shouldn't. No, listen. When pride starts swelling back up in your life, pride, and that's when you give your life to God, And pride starts swelling back up. And it's going to happen right here. It happens. It happens all the time. Like, look at what I did. And I don't don't remember it. No, I didn't do nothing. It was God using me that made it happen. But when that pride comes swelling back up, it's revealing something to me. It's revealing there's something wrong somewhere in my walk with God. Somewhere is wrong. Something needs to be corrected. Because if we let that go, you know, that slowly builds a wall. Brick by brick, sin by sin, slowly you close out the word of God. He speaks to you, that slow and and small voice. You can't hear it. 
once that wall is up of sin, he's not going to bust through it. He's not. We have to make sure that we search our lives daily to make sure that we stay where we need to be with God. Amen? So we start building that wall, a little bit of something that nobody can see. The stuff back here in the closet that, you know what, I say it all the time. This is my stuff, Lord, you can't have it. Everybody knows this stuff, but back here, you can't have it. That's having a smartphone when you don't need one. That's having a computer at home and nobody else can keep you accountable. That is going to somebody's house that's going to trigger something else because it used to be your dealer. Okay? Think about stuff like that. That will mess up what God has in store for us. That's going to mess up your fellowship with him. That's going to mess up your confidence in the Lord, and you go right back to putting your confidence in man. Amen? It prevents us from getting God's love and his blessings that he has meant for us because we just kind of, you know, that old saying, talk to the hand, Lord, not right now. I'm doing something else. I got something else going on. Because we try to hide things from God. Try to hide things from God an all-knowing God. You try to hide things thinking he's not going to see it. He knows. He wants you to fess up to it, but he knows. He knows everything you're thinking, everything you're hiding, everything you're doing. So what are we doing? Where's your confidence? If the problem starts with pride, y'all. If the problem is a heart toward yourself more than it is for people, the answer for that is humility. Humility. Are you humble today? The definition of a humility in 1828 Webster Dictionary says freedom from pride and arrogance, humbleness of mind, a modest estimate of one's worth. And if you heard Brother Malcolm say it once, you've heard him say it a hundred times. We are servants. We are slaves. What do we deserve? Nothing. We are humble servants for the Lord. So if you have that attitude, Your feelings won't get hurt. Your pride won't get messed with. The devil can't mess with any kind of crack in your relationship with your friends, your family, your kids, yourself, right? So make sure that your heart is embracing others, embracing the Lord. Make sure that your heart is not a mirror that you're seeing yourself in, but it's a window that is turning out to see other people. You can see past yourself and see that other people need help. Now, am I saying y'all aren't doing it in here? It's not what I'm saying at all. God knows. He knows a whole lot more about it than I do. But I want you to search your heart today. Search your heart. Where is your confidence? Where is your confidence? How can we do this? How can we put our confidence in the Lord? Under that, I put just for A, just to have a sub point there. But put your confidence in God for his forgiveness. His forgiveness. Well, you say, forgiveness of what? You know, I'm a pretty good person. I've never really messed up. I've never, I've made the right choices all of my life. I've never drank. I've never done drugs. I never, I never. Forgiveness of sin. If you have grown up, there has been a point in your life where you've told a lie. You may have stole something. Something, Brother Malcolm tells a story about his daughter breaking the sign, his, uh, the front tag on his truck. And then he turns around and he asked her, did you break that? She goes, uh-uh. It's bred into us. What, two, three years old and she did that. So think about that. Have you lied ever? Have you done it? One sin is as great as another when it comes to God's eyes. He sees us through the blood of Christ, right? But sin is a voluntary departure from moral, 
from a moral agent, from a known rule of rectitude or duty prescribed by God. Yeah, that had me scratching my head a little bit too. So in other words, it is doing exactly what God said not to do. It is disobeying the Lord. That's sin. That is sin. So look back. Think back to Exodus 20. God gave Ten Commandments to to Moses, right? Ten Commandments. The first one. Does anybody know what the first one was? Okay. So, do you remember what the first one was? It's, It's, you shall not have no other God before me. So, it says you should only have one God. One true God. One omnipotent God. One omniscient God. One just God. One perfect God. One absolute, gracious God. That's who we put our trust in. Not football teams. Not our kids, basketball, baseball, whatever ball, right? We need to make sure we keep him and our confidence in the Lord, not in man. And I'm, I'm doing it, y'all. This is where God has me right now. So what are we doing? What are we doing? Are we here to have church? And I, y'all are here because it's snowing outside, and I thank God for y'all. I do. I do. It's snowing in Alabama, man. Everything shuts down. Everything. So, But with that said, where's your confidence this morning? Where's your confidence? Is, is it in the Lord? Now, I found something that explained the first commandment a whole lot better than I ever could. So I'm just going to read this, all right? <clears throat> the, not, the knowing and acknowledgement of God to be the only one true God our God, and to worship Him, to glorify Him by thinking, by meditating, by remembering, by highly esteeming, honoring, adoring, choosing, loving, desiring, fearing, believing in Him, trusting in Him, hoping in Him, delighting in Him, rejoicing in Him, being zealots for Him, calling upon Him, giving all praises to Him, and thanks to Him, yielding in all obedience and submission to him with your whole man, with your whole heart, with your body, your soul, with all your strength. Amen? Be careful in all things to please him. Being sorrowful when you have offended him. How many times we know we did something wrong and we didn't back up and say, Lord, I'm sorry for that. That's, you know, please forgive me of it. How many times do we have to do that? For me, there's times... You know, from the time you get up in the morning till breakfast, there's like, all right, God, I messed up right then. Then from breakfast to lunch, it's like, okay, I did it again. All right, from lunch to, to dinner, it's like, good grief, Lord, you'd think I'd get it. But can you help me? By the time I go to bed, I'm like, Lord, i just been messed up all day. Can you give me another day tomorrow just to start over? But let's keep a short laundry list. Let's keep a short, short list with God to keep his voice being loud and clear for us, not to set up that, that sin wall that we are so easy to do. So, being careful in all things to please him, being sorrowful when you offend him, and to humbly walk with him. And that's just the first commandment. Y'all, there's nine more. Nine more. I challenge you to go search them out. See what they tell you. Don't just read it to be reading it. Well, I know the Ten Commandments. Yeah, but do you really know what that means? How is your walk today? How is your Christian life looking today? Where is your confidence today? Jesus summed all of this stuff up into love God, love others, and serve both. Right? That's what we're supposed to be doing. That's what? Not halfway. Not, nah, not today. I'm just going to 
you know, I'm going home. I need to put my feet up. No, wholeheartedly. When God says move, you need to move. Because how much stuff are we missing when we don't? What kind of blessings are we missing when we don't let God lead us? What is, what? Mm. Putting your confidence in man. Where would this family have been if they was like, man, I don't know what we're going to do. I don't know what, if I'm telling you, I've been there. You're on the side of the road. You got to figure out how to MacGyver stuff to try to get off the road to get the plate. And that's putting my hope in man because sometimes your fellow man is just like, yep, there's somebody broke down on the road. But God has a family set up for us. In Christ's family, we look out for each other. He looks out for us. We can put trust in him that he's going to do everything that we need to do to, to he needs to do for us to make sure that we are provided for. Now, there's days when it doesn't even look like you can have a bologna sandwich. There's days when it looks like you don't have enough gas in your truck to go to work or come back. But God always provides a way. One way or another, he will make a way. Now, it's not going to be what we want. It's not going to be a Mercedes Benz. But doggone it, that 1500 Chevy, it'll get you where you need to go. Right? So he's going to give you what you need. Not necessarily what you want. But you got to keep your life straight. you got to keep the, that list of stuff slim with him. Amen? All right. So I'm going to conclude without. Anyway, we'll do this. If you're here today and if you're saved, take comfort that you're safe. Safe. Isn't that what we all look for? Safety. We look for safety. You know, the whole pat on the back for mint that makes you feel like, yeah, I got this. I can do something with this. Right. But when we get a pat on the back from the Lord, oh, my goodness, that's more than just a pat on the back. That is his loving arms wrapped around you. It's like, you know what? I got you. I got you. Brother Sean, he's got you. He's got you. So think about that as you go through this week. I want you to look at how God can bless as long as we allow him to bless. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. I want us to look at that real quick. For grace are you saved. Through faith and not of yourselves. It is a gift, a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Salvation is a gift from God, y'all. What is a gift? What is a gift? Something that is freely given. Freely given. It's not something that, you know what? If you go wash my car, then I'm going to give you this. You know what? If you go clean my house, then I'll give you this. No, that is a wage. Wages, Romans 6.23, but the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God. So the wages, those things that we earn, is death. Our sins, death. But the gift of God, hallelujah. The gift of God is that gift of eternal salvation, eternal life with him through Christ Jesus. So if you were a saved person today, that's wonderful. You were safe, you're going to go to heaven. But let me ask you this. How is it going to look when you get there? Are you living your life so that you can lay your treasures up in heaven? Or are you living your life so you can do your treasures here on earth and we're going to get what we've already got? Think about that. It's easy to get caught up to in Christ died for the world. Well, that's just great, Brother Tim. That's awesome. Christ died for the whole world. But what about me? What about, and I've, <laughs> I've been there. Like, okay, everybody's getting these checks in the mail. Everybody's getting all this stuff. They're getting money here. People taking care of this. Man, what about me? I'm getting left behind. 
I am busting my rear end for everything you want me to do, Lord. Then what about me? What about me? I want you to look at this. Everybody turn to Romans 5.8. Romans 5.8. Romans 5.8. When you get there, just say amen. All right? One of you is there. Anybody else? Everybody there? I want you to read this with me. All right? Here's what it's going to sound like. But I want you to put in your place there where it has an us, a we, and an us. I want you to say your name right there. So it's going to sound like this. But God commended his love towards Tim in that while Tim was yet a sinner, Christ died for Tim. All right? Here we go. Y'all put your name where us, we, and us is. But God committed his love toward, in that while was yet a sinner, Christ died for, I'm saying, how many of us are preaching that to us, to ourselves every day? How many of us are getting up in the morning and saying, you know what? I'm alive today because Christ died for me. How many of us are looking back at, Lord, what can I do today for you because you did this for me? Or how many of us are getting caught up and you get caught up in, well, my schedule's bad. I don't have time. I'm tired. I've got to train my dog at five o'clock in the morning or I've got to stay out to help other people till nine o'clock at night. That's kind of my schedule. Think about it. Where is time for the Lord? Time for the Lord is all throughout your day because you're supposed to be telling everybody else you come in contact with about how good God is. How many of us are doing that? How many of us are sharing your story, where God took you out of? I'm telling you, from a guy who climbed out of a tent and came to temple in 2007. I gave my life to the Lord in 2008. Didn't have a dime in the world, was living with my parents. He will do something with your life. If you let him, if you will absolutely fully surrender to what he's got for you, he will let you do, honestly, what you want to do, as long as it's in his will, which it will be his will if you are so fully surrendered to him. I know it kind of is like, I don't know about all that. Try it. Prove me wrong. That's all I'm saying. Prove me wrong. So think about that. Think about that. I want everybody to please remember what, we were, what we've learned today. Because it's so easy to walk out of here and forget everything a preacher's done said, whatever. It was boring. It was uh, I was asleep. It, Think about it. Once you leave here, please, please keep prayer on your list. Wake up in the morning. Ask to be filled by the Spirit. Ask to be led by the Spirit. Ask God to tell you where you need to go, what you need to say, who you need to talk to, what you need to do, even the clothes that you wear, the shoes that you wear. It doesn't matter. Ask God to fill you with His Spirit so that He can use you more than you just want to go back and get the pat on the back. We need to stop all that. Stop all that. Make sure we are where God wants us to be. Amen? All right. If I could get the altar workers to come up and, and y'all could do a, a quick song for me. <clears throat> I don't even have my... But y'all, come on up. And I'm, I'm asking you guys, have you looked at God this morning? Have you talked to God this morning? And if you're saved, praise God, you're clean. You're clean. God can see you through the blood of Christ. And you're accepted. You reach that high bar that God has. 
right? All of your sins have been washed away by the blood of Christ. If you're here today, you don't know the Lord, or maybe you think you're too bad for God to use you. Thank you. You're too bad for God to use you. You know what? I used to say this myself. If I walk through the doors of a church, the church is going to fall in because I've done so many bad things. God will never, ever forgive me for that. That's a lie straight from the devil himself. Straight from the devil himself. He can use you. I'm telling you, if he can take a drug addict that lives in a tent off the streets and put him on the rock, on the rock. And I want to leave you with this. This is what God done for me. Look at Psalm 40. Psalm 40. 30. 30? Psalm 40, 1 through 3. It says, I waited patiently upon the Lord, and he inclined unto me, and he heard my cry. He brought me up also out of a horrible pit. And I promise you, if you've ever had no place to live, that's a horrible pit. He brought me up out of the miry clay. He set my feet upon a rock. He established my goings, and he put a new song in my mouth. Even praise to our God. Many shall see it in fear and shall trust the Lord. I'm asking you today, if you don't know him, please, please make today that day. Make today the day that you give your heart, your mind, your body, your soul, your strength, everything that you have, all of your money in the bank. If you ain't got money in the bank, it don't, everything that you have, make it the Lord's and he will use it. He'll multiply it. The altar is open. And now's the time. And I'm begging y'all, don't leave the same way you came in. Don't leave the same way you came in. We've got men for men, women for women. And I promise you, the Lord has got something for you. You may not know what that looks like now. Because I'm going to tell you, when I got, <laughs> when I started in ministry, I didn't think I liked people. I didn't think I liked people at all. People were mean. People would cuss you. People would yell at you. People are like, nah, I don't want a part of that. But God, but God showed me. He showed me through his eyes the, the, the broken, the ones who are broken, and the ones that are in the same spot that I was in. How many times, Adrian, how many times have we seen ourselves on the streets? Too many. We see ourselves all the time. That used to be me. Well, that used to be me. And I'm telling you, it breaks my heart. But there is hope. There is joy to be found if you'll only let him. I'll go ahead.